0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: everyone and welcome to the show. This is your host Bernice Bennett and joining me today is Dr. Shelley Murphy. And Dr. Shelley Murphy will be discussing so you have some brick walls get over it. Well, Dr. Shelley Murphy has over 30 years of genealogical experience and she is a genealogy force to be reckoned with. She is a co-founder and faculty for the Midwest African American Genealogy Institute, the past president of the Augs Chapter of Central Virginia, and former vice president of the Central Virginia Genealogical Society, and a proud daughter of the Jack Joette and Walter Hines Page chapters of the Daughters of the American Revolution. She is very active in her home state of Virginia and her genealogical research, and she was recently hired by the President's Commission on Slavery at the University of Virginia to conduct research to locate descendants of enslaved and free laborers who helped build Thomas Jefferson's University. So let me just give a warm welcome To my genie bud, Dr. Shelly Murphy. Welcome, Shelly. Hey, Bernice. How's it going today? Well, Shelly, you know, I want you to tell me. So you have some brick walls? Get over it. (laughs) Let's talk about those brick walls. So how are you defining those brick walls? Those brick walls, just visualize it.
0: It is when you throw something up against the wall and it stays up there. It is not coming back. It's not dropping. It gets you at a halt at whatever you're doing. Number one, maybe not finding an ancestor in one of the census. doesn't even matter what year. Maybe I can't find a death record on them. Or I know they are there in 1870, but I can't find them. I've searched and searched. Maybe it's a misspelling. Can't find them. Oh, wait a minute. Where's my great-grandfather? I got my great-grandmother, but there's no husband to be around. So those would be some typical brick walls that people might experience. They just get halted in their studies because they can't find them, and they're trying to exhaust as much of the records and resources and find
1: out where they're at. Well, the thing is, I mean, you're saying, okay, not finding an ancestor. That's a brick wall. But then again, you know, what kind of challenges are people faced with? And let's just just face it. I mean, I'm of African descent. And in some places, it's like they never existed, but obviously they did. So tell us about some challenges that uh, specifically – people of African descent might experience, but also other challenges, just for the general genealogical community that's searching. The
0: challenge is that people really don't understand African American research. they got to understand slavery was about economics. People were property. There was buying, selling, and renting going on. People were sold to the deep south. There were also free people of color. You want to check those military records. African Americans in this country fought in every war this country had experienced along with the conflict. So, again, not understanding the history will cause you to have a brick wall. Some other common genealogy challenges, which could be for for European descendants as well as African Americans. Maybe the records weren't recorded, so you're not finding them in the typical place, or they've been destroyed. You know, sometimes you hear about the burned courthouse. You've got people that might know this information, and they're not willing to share it, or you're not conducting a, a, a thorough search, and you're only maybe using just online resources. Grandma or great-grandma told a story, but maybe somebody told a story to her, or she is trying to remember something that was during her time when she was a child. So, again, you, you also want to bring the biggie, and that's um, your 21st century thinking. That is going to cause you more brick walls than anything, I think. And that's with you taking what you know of now and during your lifetime, and trying to go back into the 18th century or the 19th century and make sense of what was going on there. Not knowing what records and resources are available are going to cause you to have some brick walls. And then there's always the emotional aspect about that. When I'm doing research, you know, especially during the slave era, you know, I'm reading documents that have horrifying and horrific events that were happening in in folks' lives. It could be my family or someone else's. So I think there's common challenges of us not being able to break through that wall because we might be causing our brick wall. Number one, 30 years, Bernice. And everybody I know that does genealogy or the family historian that's researching their family has a brick wall. And that's what I mean about get over it. You're going to have them. And it doesn't matter if you're European or if you're African American, Native American, whatever. You are going to have them. So you know what? Expect them. That's how you handle some of that Expect them
1: to come and then gain the knowledge that you need to help combat some of those brick walls. Well, you mentioned, you know, sometimes people are spending a a great deal of time doing online research. And, you know, I've often heard you say go local. But suppose you Mm -hmm. don't even know where local is. Well, you might not.
0: So then you have to build around what you know. Typically, when I start researching, which helps me quite a bit a lot, or quite a lot, is to start off with what do I know first? My mother is still alive, 89 going on 90. What does she know about this ancestor? So I'm going to gather all the information that we know first and then start building from there because what we know or what she might know might have a lead or a hint for me to keep going. And then I always set a goal, and I don't mean I want to know everything about this family. No, you gotta have small, specific goals that you can seek out and exhaust the resources that you know, and then get your genealogy buddy that might be researching in the same state, possibly the same county, and you guys start sharing information. Because you know what? Sometimes you don't know what you don't know, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I know. (laughs) And, And then you want to ask yourself, well, if I'm missing them during this time, what document or resource could have that information where my ancestor was at and I can't find them and start seeking out other avenues? And my number one thing is when I start researching someone and I know the county, you know, the area that they're at, I'm going to first learn about that community. I need to know what was going on there. Did the boundary lines change? Um, Example, Loudoun County, my ancestors were in Loudoun County, Virginia. But now that I've researched each of the children, as well as the parents, I'm finding out all of them were pretty much born before 1757. Well, it wasn't a County prior to that. It was Fairfax County. Wherever my folks are at during a time, then I bullseye walk all the way around into the other counties, possibly another state, to seek out information and some things that might be common
1: that might link to my ancestors. So what role, uh, let's, let's just talk about some records that you have found to be workable for people to help them at least get through a brick wall. Can you talk about some records that you have found to be useful? Well, I'm going to tell you a tool which leads to building some records and
0: finding records. And number one, too, and those that know me know what I'm about to say, But I think everybody, regardless of what level of experience you have in genealogy research, you have to build a timeline, a simple timeline, and you want to keep it in chronological order. Because what happens when you start building it, you're going to see the gaps, you're going to see things that you know that are a conflict and then you've got to think about resolving them so one of the things is to start building a blank time sheet a time you know form and that's putting all the that your ancestor would be on so that should automatically fill in I do it in words because it's simple I can add another column I can add another row. so if I know my ancestors born in say 1750 you know there's not going to be a census. I'm going to have to seek out another record set, which could be a land patent or something else, and I'm speaking of Virginia. Or let's say the ancestor was born in uh, 1900. So I know that what I can see is 1900 census, 1910, 20, 30, and 40. So right there, I should be able to find people in the location where I know they should have been. Now, if I don't find
1: them, that's a wall.
0: And then I need to look at other records. It could be death. It could be marriage. That would have took them out of that county or out of that location. And then I have to look around to see if they're located. And this is another way of pretty much combating a brick wall. Say I got a death record. Okay, so I got information on there. So I think about, well, so what, I got this information. Well, I also have to think about if I've got a death record or death certificate, what other records are created from that death certificate? And the audience that that you have that's listening to this can think about that. So you got the death certificate. What else, Bernice? And I'm going to ask you that question. What other records are created once you have a death certificate?
1: Those are the things you want to seek out. So can you come up with a couple records? Well, well, you know, I I even sent you a death record, and some of my death records I also have had to look for a coroner's report. Uh, some That's of my death record. records I've had to look look. For a newspaper to find an obituary. And others, I've had to take another step and find a birth certificate of the person. And only because I was following some of the names or some of the dates or some of the places on that one death certificate. Information on it, questioning the information on it, and then saying, now
0: what do I do next? So I got the mother of the deceased. And it looks like that middle name might be a maiden name. That's telling me my next step. I need to resolve that. Or maybe the deceased is married or maybe the deceased is widowed. Go get that record for the, you know, the widow. You know, did she die? You know, when did she die? Go get her information you know, automatically, and you start building that and throwing it in the timeline by the dates. So you want to identify who you're dealing with. You want the record or the information, and you want to cite that information in case you ever have to go back and pull it again if you don't keep them, because, you know, all of us are pretty much orders in that aspect that we have stacked the papers. You know, since I've been home, I've got boxes on my bed and they're all labeled and I'm trying to reduce some of these stack folders in the filing cabinet. So that's another challenge that we have is making sure that we're organized when we do our research. That timeline will help you do it. Making a checklist could help you do that. So anything you can do that you will be consistent about doing it, because a lot of us will play around with the to-do list, and if you never get it done, don't do it. Don't waste your time constantly trying to say, this is my to-do list. No, you plan whatever method it is. If it's a journal, if it's a piece of paper, and saying this is the records I'm going to look for, and, and go make sure you follow your list and stick with it so you're organized on your time because your time and how you can, you know, set up your files is also a challenge, will create a challenge or a brick wall because you're going to always be digging into those papers. Figure out some orderly fashion to set up your files and make it consistent that all your files are the same. So anybody can come behind you. I do this research for my family, really just for me. I have first cousins with grandchildren, children and grandchildren. And, you know, I have a lot of information. And if something happens to me, I want it to be accessible for them and for them to easily be able to pick up and still be able to share that information.
1: So how do you deal with, uh, because we're talking about a brick wall, conflicting Mm -hmm. information? Okay.
0: Well, one of the big things, I, I draw a chart. I have to figure out what it is, if there's different dates or, say, let's say different ages. So say in the 1850 census, somebody is 30 years old. Ten years later in the 1860 census, all of a sudden, they're not 40 years old, but they're 52. Well, what happened? Try to resolve that. Find other documents to come forth. And remember, if we're dealing with enslaved individuals and say come 1870, this is where the names show up. Somebody was in control of what was on that census form, and it wasn't necessarily the individual that was given the information. And also, we don't know who gave the information. That's why you find so many spelling errors, because a lot of folks were, you know, average age, I think, was seventh grade, but it's not the seventh grade that we know of today. We would consider that back during that time illiterate pretty much illiterate mm-hmm. they could read but they couldn't comprehend a lot and a lot of times census taker took the sound of what people were saying one of my ancestors is going i have 12 different spellings of goings just on my mind and i'm sure other folks have you know similar type situations so you have to be open that it's not going to be spelled correctly And maybe what you heard growing up might not be the total story, or maybe it got tweaked a little bit. So,
1: these are ways to be conscious. So, let's, for example, Mm -hmm. look at an ancestor that you are seeing is from Virginia, since that's your place of origin. Okay. But that ancestor, let's say, is in Louisiana. So there's a brick wall there because the person can't figure out where, you know, where in Virginia are they from? What would you recommend? Okay. Well, if and, and I'm going to give you a couple scenarios.
0: So if that person's family is in Louisiana, I would try to find out how long has that family been in Louisiana? Because, number one, the ships were rolling from Virginia to um, Louisiana. So that's a whole nother topic and a whole nother research pattern. If your ancestors got to Louisiana and they came as slaves and were enslaved in Louisiana. So the, so first I would go at and find out who's the oldest, who was the first one, and find out the locations of their birth. Because as they got older and when they became free, Virginia, then you want to find out, well, where in Virginia? Because come June 20th, 1863, the whole western part of the state of Virginia has become now a state of itself called West Virginia. And it's just the western part. In my mind, it's still Virginia. So then you're going to have to find out simple Google search. Google's your friend. Could start it off. Or if you know of anybody from oral history or from the census, what county they might come from. If not, I would be seeking out generally using online resources and finding where those names and say they're African Americans and typically find out. And you're going to have to research each one of those to find out if those are your people. Because think about it. You might have a mama and a a daddy in the house and certain kids. So when you get a lead that, oh, they might have been in Louisiana County, Virginia. Okay, who's in the household? Are those your people? Maybe not. But check the people that are around them,
1: and that could help break down that brick wall. This is great information, Shelley. So what else do you want to share with us about breaking through that brick wall?
0: Well, one thing not everything is online.
1: Most of the research should
0: be done in libraries, archives, courthouses or in a cemetery. You can learn a lot of information from going local, you know. So sometimes we can't do it at this time that we're in right now you know, to be able to go local. But what you can do is make that contact with somebody that's local. So find out what genealogy groups or odd groups, as in the Afro-American Historical Genealogical Society. There might be genealogy groups and chapters of organizations in the area that you're researching. You know, and other things, don't assume anything.
1: You know, we know
0: spelling doesn't count. And all of these kind of things will help you combat some of those brick walls. You know there's going to be spelling errors. You know, you want to other leads and, and what that information can tell you. And you want to research the whole family. Don't just do the mother and the father. You have to research the children as well. Because you know what? Something can show up in the children's information that might help you research or solve a brick wall onto the parents. Don't always assume that all African-Americans have Native Americans. Until you do your research, you're going to have to understand what happened with these blended families if you had them. And you want to prove your research. Uh, A good rule that I used that Selma uh, Stewart gave me was I call it the uh, uh, James Dent Walker Rule of Three, and he was the founder of Ox. And what it is is you tell me something that, say, you know, uh, Bernice Bennett is the daughter of, you know, uh, another Bernice or, or whatever. I'm, I'm trying to solve a familial relationship. Then I'm going to say give me three pieces of documentation to support whatever your theory is. So the rule of three is what else can you find that would prove that Bernice is the daughter of Margaret? Gold? Mm-hmm. make them simple, one at a time, work on them till you're clear on it and exhaust what you have. You don't want to keep repeating what you're doing. All of us have looked at that 1870 census probably hundreds of times. So, again, analyze it, gather all that information, and make sure you're using um, the idea of the timeline. And, And we've talked about this quite a bit. And my last final tips would be know the law, Whatever, wherever you're researching, know the law of the time that your ancestors are there and follow the money, the land, the water, the community, and the faith of the people. And I think people will start seeing a little easing of the stress of having brick walls because we know we're going to have them, especially if you're doing African-American research.
1: You are going to have more than one. You know what else, tip. and okay. and I'm just going to take it back to Thomas McGinty with the do-over. Sometimes yeah. you may have the information, but you forgot it. Because you never and you analyze. Constantly, <laughs> right, right. Back <laughs> to analyze what you have. Because you may have it sitting there. And, you know, your brick wall is there because you have forgotten what you have. <laughs> <laughs> or you right didn't know what place. was on there, and and right. that's
0: where the so what comes in. That's the concept of asking questions about that document. So I would go back, anyone, I don't care how long you've been doing this, you might be the leading genealogist in this country, information that you have, then then I'm going to question what you're doing. Because we're going to have those brick walls, and you got to explain, effective so just go in that county and whatever it is and know that it's going to be there and reduce that stress and just be ready to deal with them hopefully with some of the tips that we've shared today and use the timeline because i think that's critical you know and african-american research think about it we fight to get to that 1870 because we know they got free in 1865 but wait a minute. There's five years in between. What happened from 1865 to 1870? You know where they were at. Go look for them. Don't jump outside of that box. Stay in that box until you feel you've exhausted everything that you think is possible around
1: that ancestor and where they were from. That's right. And as you mature and your ability to do the analyzing the better you Mm -hmm. will become at breaking through that brick wall. And so I I just want to thank you, Dr. Shelley Murphy, for joining me today. And, folks, I hope that you all will consider uh, joining and becoming a part of the Midwest African American Genealogy Institute's Facebook page, and we also look forward to you becoming a part of Maggie in July. Thank you so much, Dr. Shelley Murphy, for joining me today. Have a great day. Thanks for Bye-bye. having me. Thank you. Thank you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.